just like summer, the tent sale at the New Lloyd Mr. Nissan has been extended. If it's parked under the big tent at the New Lloyd Mr. Nissan, it's priced at or below cost. Trucks, gas-saving cars, great family SUVs. Plus, spin the big wheel with your purchase to win big prizes like TVs, trips, and gas cards, and more. The leaves aren't coming down yet, so neither is the tent. The tent sale has been extended at the New Lloyd Mr. Nissan. The new Lloyd Mr. Nissan. We won't sell you a car, we'll help you buy one. It's harvest time, and once again, time to thank our hardworking, dedicated Midwest farmers, their families, and their crews. Our Midwest farmers are the best in the world, and we want to deliver a fantastic meal to them right in the field to show our appreciation for the long hours, for supporting our communities, for feeding the world, and for all they do. Nominate your family, nominate your neighbors, nominate a hardworking crew by posting a great harvest photo on any of our sponsor Facebook pages. We'll treat four great farms to a delicious roast beef dinner with all the fixins. And just for nominating a farmer, you could win a half side of beef to fill your freezer this winter. And this year, we're proud to deliver Meals in the Field in memory of Gary Melka. Meals in the Fields in memory of Gary Melka is very proudly brought to you by Sobeys Lloydminster, Diamond 7 Meats, Gary Melka, Michael Agro, The Tent Guys, The Sonovas Lloydminster Ethanol Plant, and the new Lloydminster Nissan. Hi, Dale here from Superior Water. Do you know what's coming out of your water taps? At Superior Water, we know what's coming out of ours. The cleanest, best-tasting water at $3 a jug. Treat your body right with Superior Water. Hello, Russ Copeland, Copeland Auctions, letting you know about our online sales that are happening right now. You want to get in on those sales, you go to copelandauctions.com. That's copelandauctions.com. It is easy to register. It's easy to bid. A lot of good articles on that sale. Horse trailers, welding equipment, garden equipment, a lot of tools, etc. So if you want to get in on those sales, go to copelandauction.com or call Russ at 780-870-1181. See you online. This is Lloyd Minster's show. This is local that matters to you. Local people. Local events. Local news and sports. For Lloydminster and area, this is Live with Kurt Price from the new Lloydminster Nissan. Welcome back inside the Lloydminster Heavy Oil Show where our guest this afternoon is Saskatchewan Energy Minister Jim Reeder. Can't thank you enough for your time, sir. Thank Welcome, you Jim. Welcome, to be here. Thank you. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, Tracy. Thank great you. It's great having, to have you here. Um, you here Jim is us. from Tramping Lake, which is just down the road from Landis. That's why our hockey team beats them half the time. But uh, <laughs> I did a mud bog in Landis, Saskatchewan years ago at the Landis Hotel. It doesn't exist anymore. Well, you, you, I know because you said, Trey, TK, you were out there doing a mud bog at the Landis Hotel. That's my stomping grounds. Yeah. And uh, Jim from Tramping Lake, how far would Tramping Lake be from Landis? As a crow flies, probably yeah, like it'd be half hour maybe, yeah, you know, something like that. It's uh, now that's where I grew up. That's, I went through yes. high school there, but I've lived in Rosetown for many years. Rosetown's home for me. Uh, Rosetown Elrose is a constituency that I've had the privilege of representing for a number of years now. So yeah. So just became Saskatchewan Energy Minister. This is brand new to you. Yeah, this is exciting for me. It's been about three months since the, the last cabinet shuffle. It's a brand new file for me, Energy and Resources, and it's uh, I'm really enjoying it. It's exciting. This is, man, there's a lot of action happening in, in uh, you know, all the resources, but right now we're, you know, we're at the heavy oil show. You got my oil vote, and Jim. gas right now. Thank you. <laughs> oil and gas right now is, I mean, it's where it's at. 
Uh, last night's banquet, how did you enjoy the banquet last it night? Was, it was great. You know, we were just before we went on air, we were talking about that. And uh, that panel discussion with uh, Rob Morgan and David yeah, Yeager, David was, Yeager. Uh, yeah. was outstanding. And it was good. And then uh, the luncheon uh, today with Premier Mo and Premier Kenny. It's uh, It's been a great show. I thought Scott Mo did an excellent job last night too. His, his talk was, when you get your leaders of the provinces coming up to rally, um, you know, I just I, I I stood up and gave my hand clap anyways because um, when you get the premiers coming from the provinces to come to show how important the support of oil and gas is that that just says something about Scott Mo in my opinion. Absolutely, our um, you know our government recognizes how important this industry is, and that starts at the top with the premier, very knowledgeable about this industry, and yeah. I agree with you. He did a bang up job as uh, as with his speech last night. Yeah, awesome. So as you become. When you become Saskatchewan Energy Minister, how do you familiarize yourself with a portfolio that's that big and that that important? Like yeah, it's um, you know a, a number of different ways. Uh, you know, we've got lots of ministry officials that brief us. I've read tons of briefing binders, but I the part I find better is it's more hands-on. It's talking to folks in the industry, right? It's uh, meeting with them. It's uh, being at trade shows like this, meeting one-on-one with some of them. Um, we've done a number of round table with different sectors of industry uh, so you can talk to the to the folks on the ground that really understand the industry right so um, it's been uh, been super informative for me obviously I still have lots to learn but it's uh, it's a great way to start you got a good attitude out there Jim from just meeting you just here for the last few minutes in that and um, you got to be passionate about it it's a I think it's one of the most important positions besides the premier in the province I'm, I'm super biased about that um, 44 years of me doing this this is probably my 15th there's been 22 shows I'm in the probably in the high teens of how many times I've been here um, a lot of technology come and gone from this show what uh, you were talking a little bit about some fun stuff but you've you had a chance to go around the show and what uh, what have you seen that intrigues you, and and uh, do you see some some stuff that you think can help Saskatchewan in their production since yeah, you've been in the show? Absolutely, this is a great way for somebody like me who's new in the job to just make a lot of contacts with people in the in the industry, right? So I've enjoyed that. I've been surprised at how many people here that I know already that we've yeah. met in the past. Um, and then uh, you mentioned before before we went on air some of the things we were talking about. Uh, um, you know, I, I uh, stopped at a virtual reality booth and had a chance to put the goggles on <laughs> and look at that. It was uh, it's just amazing. Um, and you know, it, it makes me think about the uh, the supper last night we were talking about that you emceed, Kurt, um, and the and the two folks there, and they were talking about how so much technology in this industry has been developed in this area, Absolutely. right around the which Lloyd is Minster spread around area. the so world. It's uh, it's obviously this area of the province has been super important to uh, to our province and to Alberta as well, obviously. But it's been super in, uh, important to the province that I represent. Yeah, that's good. Super what, great. What we hear um, all the time from the industry right now is that there's labor shortages. Mm -hmm. You know, are you hearing that at the show? And and what what can the Saskatchewan government do, if anything, to help alleviate those shortages? In, in all sectors, I suppose, but especially we're hearing it in oil and gas. You know, it is in all sectors. Uh, we, we do hear that. Uh, you know, it's it's part of demographics, and you've all heard, you know, the uh, landslide of retirements lately, those sorts of things. But I think it's a little bit more acute in this industry, and I, I frankly, I think the main reason it's a, a bit worse here than others 
is uh, the signaling from the federal government. You know, they've been very difficult on this industry, which is a huge, egregious error on their part, and I think that's playing out for some other reasons. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to get into. Um, so you got young people hearing from the federal government sort of negative things about this industry, when in reality, this industry is going to be around for decades it and is. decades. Well, and and so there is career opportunities in this industry. We need to let young people know that. Um, our Ministry of uh, uh, Immigration and Career Training um, is, you know, is always looking at ways to train people in, for specific uh, industries. So I think they're doing some work in that area. We'll be talking to industry leaders to see what kind of things they recommend. And essentially, to get to the point of your question, Kurt, is that you know we want to talk to industry leaders and see what we can do to help. Well, knowing that the the long term of this this fossil fuels isn't going away anytime soon we need to get those people back into saying hey this isn't a short career we've had a bit of a stumble mostly due to government policies and and, and government federal federal, federal, federal yeah let's let's make that clear on the show <laughs> federal policies is that there is some stuff that uh, we had Rona on and just a tremendous talk we had with her today about trying to get to net zero by 2050 as your role and the Saskatchewan side this emissions cap thing, and how important do you think that's going to play out uh, now with the European situation and that happening? We're kind of getting the green light to really have an opportunity to help everybody out and become a superhero. Now these emissions caps and things are coming on. As the Minister of Energy, where does that affect you and, and how can you help uh, work that out in your province, Jim? It's, it's somewhat frustrating. You know, the federal government's constantly moving the target. Uh, they, they throw out this sort of discussion paper without, without much background discussion with us. We don't know what it means, where it's going to go, and it's <laughs> mm -hmm. at the exact wrong time. You know, Tracy, you talked about sort of what's happening in the world. You look at the geopolitical situation because of what's happening in the Ukraine with Russia. Yeah. Um, right now, nothing's more important in this world countries than energy security, right? It's the basis for everything, for food security. And, and uh, we should, we, we are so blessed in this country, in these two provinces with... Uh, with the resources we have and instead of developing those resources and being a conflict-free, environmentally friendly source of energy to countries, I'll use Germany as the example, Perfect the Chancellor example. was here not very long ago, looking for solutions for next winter and instead our Prime Minister gives them a pat in the head and says they're there somewhere down the road, maybe hydrogen. It was just the wrong thing to do yeah. at the wrong time. Um, it's frustrating. Um, we'll figure a way to work through it. Um, but at some point in time, we either need the federal government, we need them to change their attitude, or we need to change the federal government. We, we, some of that stuff hits home. There's a lady that we know that just moved to Lloydminster with her son. She's 14. He's 14 years old. Left her husband and oldest son in the Ukraine to still be at the war. The, the reality of some of that stuff coming back to Canada, you almost want to knock on Trudeau's doorstep and say, hey, some of this is reality, and it's going to come around when this weather gets cold, Jim, in my opinion. <laughs> We're going to get a real notification. You know, it's tragic what's happening there, and uh, the fact that, you know, for ideological reasons, some of our you know, countries that we're friendly with in Europe that, uh, like I said, for ideology only, they've decided to to not worry about their own energy uh, uh, independence and rely uh, to such a large degree on Russia, and you see, you see the kind of ally Russia is. Um, 
I, it, it's heartbreaking, and it just speaks again to, um, man, if you, if you want to have a source of energy that's environmentally friendly, look to Canada. If you yeah. want to have a source of energy that uh, respects uh, uh, human rights, look to Canada. Like, yeah. we, should, we should be the solution for a large part of the world, and we, we need to be. I agree. I Our agree. guest is Energy Minister Saskatchewan, Energy Minister Jim Reeder. And, uh, Reeder. Jim... Jim Ryder. Yeah, sorry. No, no sorry, sir. Um, one of the things that um, we had talked about discussing in this podcast is Christian Freeland did he even come out and said, you know, we've got to do something to help these people in Europe. Then you mentioned the Chancellor comes over from from Germany and basically goes home with a pat on the head and say, be a good boy and we might help you out with hydrogen. There almost seems to be a disconnect in the federal government, and that disconnect is really fracturing right across the country. But how do you get a seat at the table for that? It's, dif <laughs> it's difficult. Uh, you know, they don't tend to reach out to us on many things before they make these announcements. Uh, you mentioned the disconnect there. There's other disconnects. Uh, the prime minister himself, you know, and at one point in time, he, uh, when the chancellor was here, I. You know, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he essentially uh, said when they're talking about LNG, which could be a source that Germany needs right away, right? Uh, they're talking about that, and he, he says there's not a business case for it. Well, I think a lot of people in that industry disagree. On the flip side, I think it was the same day or about the same time, he goes, well, it might be doable. Well, I, I mean, talk about sending mixed messages, right? Um, our energy industry uh, folks, they need to know that they have governments that are supportive of them. I know our government is, I know the Alberta government is, now we need a national government that is. Absolutely. That's got to be a challenge through, you know, just here we are at the best, I'll say at the best church meeting last night we could ask for, and, and the best choir team last night, and then you're still looking to try to prove that federally to the rest of the world. You know, Coal is kind of coming on as a bit of a resurgence now. Some of these other energy options are out there. I mean, they're firing coal mine, coal places up all over the place. Can you elaborate on that, Jim, what your thoughts are on that? I mean, they're just, I think they're pulling at threads to try to get something else going that they've kind of walked away from. And the moral of that story is, okay, we're going we're gonna to stop being dependent on our own, or using our own stuff so we can push those emissions off over here. But if they don't want to help us, when, to, when, when we need them, we're back to trying to be self-sufficient again, and, and Europe has ran into that, obviously, right? They, they have run into huge problems, you know, as I mentioned earlier, for ideological reasons. You know, you get countries that uh, shut down coal, shut down nuclear, and, and then become beholden to countries like Russia for their source of energy. And you look at the predicament that puts you in. Absolutely, um, and for you, that and reason. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't actually have to look past the Canadian borders. I one of the things that I find just immensely frustrating is that um, the amount of oil that Eastern Canada imports from other countries—it's ridiculous. They and they're importing it from countries like Saudi Arabia with terrible human rights records. Yeah. It, I, I still believe that if if most if everybody in eastern canada realized that i i don't think they'd stand for it but yeah. the fact of the matter is that message should be getting out to them better and it's difficult to get that message out the federal government should be doing it but the federal government is obviously not oil friendly and that's putting it mildly there was uh, some comments made today at the lunch and scott moe made some comments about we've got some announcements uh, coming out soon 
about S Saskatchewan Energy when we get back into the House of Commons. And uh, there's a growth plan for Saskatchewan Energy, energy to reach by 2030. Can you tell us about that plan? And uh, does this area play uh, a role in that? And how big a role do they play? Sure, absolutely. Um, our growth plan for 2030, just to kind of set the context for this, uh, pre-COVID, I'll, I'll say, we were um, developing about a, a half a million barrels of oil a day. Um, and then COVID hit and that and that slipped back. Now it's starting to ramp up again. I think last count I was given, we're about 450,000 again. So we're getting yeah. close to the thing. Right around but our, our target for 2030 is to get to 600,000 barrels a day. We think it's important. Um, I... Uh, the, the, I, don't, I don't want to kind of repeat everything that's been said in the last couple of days, but you know, folks, I talk about this industry is going to be around for a long, long time. The world needs it. The world is growing. Lots of countries out there are growing and are developing countries. They need sources of energy, and they're going to be looking to oil. Yeah. It, so I we agree. can we can either be a supplier or not. And I think to me that's a no-brainer. We need to be a supplier. So we need to develop um, more and more oil. Uh, to your point, Kurt, about uh, about this area of the province, it absolutely. It's, I think it's about 40 percent of the oil uh, overall from Saskatchewan is comes from this area. That's and, so great. Uh, it, uh, so it's huge. It's key. What, what do you take away most from events like last night and just walking around talking to people as you enter this new portfolio? Has it been, um, is it your first major event? As, as minister it is, yes as it is. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. got to so be encouraging for, for sure, Jim. It's got to be encouraging. Oh, it's great. I, I mean, uh, this is your posse here at this show. For this, sure. You couldn't ask for better posse to be around you, I would say. Yeah, and I, I love the attitude here. Like, you guys have seen it. Like, it's very <laughs> upbeat. Like, people are very positive about the future in this industry yeah. and this area. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I've enjoyed it a lot. Like I said, kind of renew some old acquaintances, just meet a lot of new people. And uh, it's been it's been outstanding. Oh, it's so good to hear. So what, good. Was there, is there a takeaway? Do you have one? Uh, so as far as as far as um, just talking, just hearing the speeches last night, and you hear one of the things that stood out for me was sustainability over the next five years. How like are you encouraged? Were you encouraged before you got here that we could sustain this gas price and the good times and the oil for, price for yeah. about five years? Like I'll, I'll ask you the same question they asked uh, that Mr. Albers asked uh, asked the the team on the stage last night as. Uh, what, what happens in five years? Yeah, Where are we at fair five point. years? Fair point. I yeah. think uh, five years, you want to make some predictions. And there's there's cycles and ups and downs in every industry. But I think five years from now, you're going to see this industry stronger than it is today. I, I think, you know, probably some ups and downs in prices. And I don't want to be a price predictor. But I think you're going to see a relatively strong price for this resource um, into the future, five years and beyond, frankly. I believe that. For, I for, the, believe for that. the reasons they were talking about, you know, it was fascinating listening to the panelists last night talk about that. So you've got you've got um, areas of the world that are growing at, at an incredibly quick pace, are going to need supplies of energy, right? Absolutely. And are going to be looking, hopefully, as I said earlier, uh, for conflict-free oil, for environmentally sound oil, for oil that comes from countries that respect human rights. That's us. That's it. Um, so, I, you know, if you really, if, if people are really, if this federal government is really concerned about, uh, about uh, the environment, then they should be looking at developing oil here. Jim, I've said this there's before. Nothing, there's nowhere in the world that's doing a better job of that. Than I've here. said this before. If you want to talk about who has green energy, 
It's right here in Saskatchewan yeah. and Alberta. We are the green energy. Well, are you fossil fuel? Yeah, we're fossil fuel, but we are the green energy. Absolutely. That's the ethical part, the cleanliness part, the environmental part. We are the green energy. And and when when you say that, you're absolutely right. And I think what uh, what doesn't get enough credit is areas like this in the oil industry and the strides that they've made things like enhanced oil recovery and and how much that's done for invent environmentally sound um, procedures of getting oil out of the ground um, and and I see that improving in t time too there was a lot of discussion last night about about how much technology was developed in this area that industry is going to continue to develop and and you know greenhouse gas emissions is an issue so they're finding ways to do it with lower emissions right, right. so i mean you can you can have both sides to this i do i agree I, with that i just worry that you have some people who might be well intentioned but it's all about ideology you know just an example you guys have seen lately it wasn't very long ago a few weeks ago uh california announces that they're going to outlaw uh, you know, combustion engines, it's sales of vehicles, and uh, I think it's by 2035. And what, a matter of days later, they're saying, uh, geez, you guys, please don't plug in your vehicles certain exactly. times because yes. we don't have enough for air conditioning. Well, I like, just finished on. hearing that. Yeah, now they're banning there's certain times where you can only plug your vehicles yeah. in. They're, they're, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, where do they think that power source is coming from? It's like, well, it's nice, it's clean, like you plug it into the wall. There, there's a basis from where that power comes from, right? Jim, here's an example that I think. I got two pens here, and I say, okay, don't use this pen, but because this pen is better. I've immediately given you an instant result behind not using this. When they're telling you in California in these places, they're saying, don't use this. We don't know when we're going to have a really good alternative for you, but, okay, you're sitting there in the middle going, uh, 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 what am I supposed to do? You cannot, I said this on the other show this morning, until you can replace something with better economics, ethical, cleaner and that, you cannot tell me to replace this until you give me something that's better in the meantime. And nobody's been able to do that yet, including California. Exactly. And again, I, you know, I guess I'm repeating myself, but what's, what they're losing sight of is technology does amazing things, right? It's oil's cleaner now than it was a period of years ago, and that'll continue to improve, and years from now it'll be cleaner yet. That's as, right. As opposed to somehow trying to ban the entire We're industry, only getting which is better at this. We're not possible. getting worse at it, and I wish the world would understand yeah. that we're actually getting better at fossil fuels, not worse. Yeah. So the time that we maybe should have been theoretically complaining about it was back 50 years ago when we didn't have a lot of this emissions and stuff figured out. Now we're the best we've ever been and we're getting it from that side. This isn't the time for that for in our industry because we're just getting better at it. So you're criticizing somebody who's getting better at something, that's tough to do. Yeah, yeah. I agree. When you, became, uh, when you became energy minister, Mr. Reader, does Jim. The, Jim, 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 does the, does the federal government reach out to you like, like, like we're not going to deny there's been some criticism of the federal government on this podcast. Last night there was some criticism of the federal government, but we've also seen people say, well, you know, they have done this though as well. I, I look at um, your job as incredibly challenging when it comes to communicating with a, with, with a, a, a minister who used to be, for all intents and purposes, a, a, a member of, uh, you know, the opposition towards energy. Yeah, you know, um, my direct counterpart federally um, is uh, yeah. is Jonathan Wilkinson. So he, oh, right. it's, it's, you're thinking Gibo, environment yeah, ministry. Yeah, uh, of course. So, so um, to Wilkinson's credit, he's been um, um, 
you know, we've got, a, I would say, a reasonable relationship. Uh, he's been, uh, you know, good to deal with that way. Um, but, you know, when you look at the environment minister and you look at Gibo, and you, I think you worded it nicely, I mean, like the radical <laughs> things he was doing not that many years ago. And, you know, you can say that that's only one voice around the table, but that's the voice that the prime minister put in charge of environment. Like, that's scary. Um, the voice that he's only listening to. Yeah, uh, so I, you, you know, that, that worries me. Um, so, you know, it's, it's trying, like, there's times in the relationship where we find some things we can agree on. In those cases, we'll do that, right? We'll work together, we'll cooperate. But um, when it's, when it's going to be policies put in place that are trying to destroy this industry, we're not going to be quiet. We're going to no. speak up and we're going to be forceful about it. Well, Mr. Reader, we've kept you way too long. We want to thank you. Jim. Thanks, Kurt. Jim. Thanks, Jim. Kurt. We want to thank you. Thanks so thank much, you, Tracy. Jim. Super pleasure Thanks. having this chat with you. Thanks, you guys. It was yeah. great. Appreciate you inviting me and anytime. And as, uh, as these policies that uh, Mr. Moe had mentioned during the luncheon today become more and more prevalent and we find out more and more about them, we might give you a call and see if you'll Absolutely. come back. Absolutely. I'd, be, I'd love be to do it. Great. It's going to be appreciate an exciting it. few months, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. We've had... We've had some special guests down here at the Lloydminster Heavy Oil Show, and uh, Jim Reader, we writer, can't writer, writer, Jim Reiter. can't get it right. <laughs> there you go. You just got it right, Jim Reiter. <laughs> Jim Reiter, we just can't thank you enough. Thank you. It's great being here. Thanks, guys.